Hey, are you ready to grow your business? You have checked out the number one resource for business leaders, entrepreneurs, startup founders, and managers. And we're going to teach you how to grow and scale your business with real actionable steps. There's no fluff in this podcast. It's just good advice. Check out this episode. If you're a first-time listener, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. And if you enjoy this episode, leave us a five-star review. Today's episode is with Anthony Hayes, who's the founder of the Hayes Initiative. We're going to be talking about PR today. We're going to be talking about how do you communicate in an effective way so that you get the right message across to the right people. Uh, This is one of my favorite episodes. It's actually one of the only episodes on this topic across the podcast. Stay tuned. Here comes your good advice. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Good Advice Podcast. You know how much I love bringing good advice wherever you are, and more importantly, wherever you are in your business. Now, we're talking today about something that actually in almost 200 episodes, we've never talked about this topic. Now, this isn't going to be something that I'm going to talk about. It's nothing that I even know anything about. We've brought on the man, the person who knows all about this topic to join us here today. We're going to be talking about PR. We're going to be talking about communication. We're going to be talking about how do you really make sure you are communicating the things that you want to communicate and that you're avoiding, uh, well, some of the disasters we see sometimes on the news when people flub or they misspeak or they misrepresent things that they don't want to talk about. So today we're speaking with Anthony Hayes. He's the founder of the Hayes Initiative. And really, public relations is something that every business can always do better. We're going to be talking about that today. Now, if you don't know much about the Hayes Initiative, actually, Anthony Hayes, they were just recognized by PR Week with an honorable mention for the best in public affairs. Uh, So he knows this stuff, and we're going to be diving in today. Anthony, it's great to have you here today. Hey, we're really glad to be here with you. Yeah, well, we were just joking about uh, right now we're recording on a Wednesday uh, it looks like it's sunny where you are. I, my backyard's flooding, so I guess we're having a little bit of a different uh, weather event here. Whereabouts are you calling in from? Yeah, so we're based in New York City, but I'm actually um, t- uh, today out in East Hampton, New York. So out on Long Island, right at the sort of the tip of the island, so to speak. Okay, okay. And uh, how's the weather? Is it warm? Is it cold? It's mean- warm and wonderful okay. and spring. <laughs> and I think it's finally coming, which I think we're all sort of like, well, at least I don't know, you know, in the East Coast, we're just dying to sort of like have nice weather. So, <laughs> well, you know, you never know what the weather's like because, you know, we're recording this episode right now. It's April 28th. This episode will be live uh, sometime in the early summer. But um, we just had snow last week. So I I don't know. We're in Arkansas. I don't know what's going on here, but regardless, we're making it happen. And so uh, having said that, you know, I introduced you a little bit. I'd love to give you the floor and let you introduce yourself and share uh, really what is the Hayes Initiative and why is it so important? Sure. Um, Well, we uh, really help our clients get access um, at the crossroads of government relations, communications, and uh, stakeholder uh, management. So we really sort of are a 
broad sweeping public affairs firm that can really sort of tackle lots of things. I would say, you know, solidly 80% of what we do is communication work, but a good a good portion of that overlays with government relations work. So for instance, if someone has, if a business has a bill that's happening in a in a state legislature or federally that they may want to sort of influence, you know, we can sort of jump on that and help lobby on their behalf. Um, or we may be able to at least help them with the messaging around that so that it can sort of resonate either with other key stakeholders or help them build a coalition of people who may want to advocate against or for something. Um, but in addition to that, we help um, organizations, uh, for example, we're working with the Major League Soccer team here in New York City, New York City Football Club, um, and they're working on building a stadium and we're sort of helping them around the public affairs on that. Um, so that obviously is a cross a crossover between communications, uh, local community stakeholders, et cetera. So we really do sort of run run quite, it, it can be quite broad, but we also sort of get brought in for very, very specific things like crisis management and crisis communication. It, it almost feels like it's something that, and I don't know anything about your clientele, but I'm assuming the people who use you, they're like, oh God, how could we not use you? <laughs> <laughs> and there's there's a group of people out there who it feels like they don't necessarily think about this topic until something goes wrong or they or maybe not even for their own business or a friend's business they see something on the news That's right. talk to me a little bit more about just perception around public affairs public relations and just communicating uh, what you want to communicate yeah so i've been you know doing this for just around 20 years so you know 18 20 years um and everybody consistently uh across the board, whether it's a small business, a large business, everyone thinks they can do communications. Everyone thinks they can do it. And the reality is most people can't do it well. There's a handful of people who can sort of like jump into something and really sort of manage it and actually are very good at communications. But I think part of that is, is that in this sort of overconfidence around their ability to do communications, I think that it it creates um, a simplification to the work that goes into it, because there is an enormous amount of work. Please, any small business owner understands sort of like uh, the amount of work that can go into, um, you know, creating a website, writing what you're, you know, one pager that you want people to know about you. You know, it's not really simple. And if it is, you know, you know, maybe you didn't spend enough time on it. I don't think everything has to be really labor intensive, et cetera. But the reality is it's hard to communicate well. Um, and it does take work. And I think that a lot of times people sort of think that it can be just really quick and speedy work. And we've been really lucky to get to work with some really, really big names. And I can tell you, uh, you know, I worked on Secretary Hillary Clinton's campaign in 2016. And, you know, she's a certainly regardless of what you think about her politically, et cetera. But when you talk about sort of a professional, you know, I think everybody sort of thinks someone at that level just sort of jumps into the room and does a quick interview with, you know, CNN. Um, and that's not really true. One of the things I respect about her and other other people sort of at that level is that they put the work in, you know, they read the briefing document, they make sure they sort of test out answers before they say them on national television. Uh, and you can always tell the people that don't. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really great way to put it is absolutely, and it goes back to my previous comment, the people who use you, I'm sure think, you know, why would I ever try to do this myself? Yeah. Uh, and it's like many other areas of our business for the listeners who are listening right now, who um, many of us have been through the pains of, oh, I'll just do that myself. And then we realize, <laughs> wow, that is not what I should be doing. Anthony, I'd love to hear more about how did you get into this? How did you uh, I mean, is this always been a gifting? Is this more of a passion that you you worked into proficiency? I mean, tell me a little bit of the of the history. 
Yeah. So, I mean, I guess really, you know, I, I got introduced to this, um, you know, doing uh, LGBTQ advocacy around marriage equality and just, you know, uh, really sort of when you get into that space as an advocate, you really do sort of become a very good storyteller and taking something that's very complicated, um, sometimes things that people don't want to talk about. Uh, and, you know, be able to have conversations with people who agree with you and people who are really hostile. <laughs> so you, you learn to find sort of like how to tell stories and how to connect with people in a way that uh, takes something that they may think doesn't involve them or involve a family member or involve someone they know, and then sort of really break it down into something that's very simple so that they can understand in their day to day. And so, I think that's really where it started. And I really have just sort of like gone through this trajectory. Um, and as I said, I, you know, have been in lots of really difficult jobs where it is uh, crisis communication, crisis management all the time. Uh, I helped manage media and communications for the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey. And for your listeners out there who may not know, you know, the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey has an annual budget of close to $7 billion, which is more than most states. Uh, it manages all the ports, bridges, tunnels, all the major airports, JFK, LaGuardia, et cetera, and is also the owner of the World Trade Center um, uh, in lower Manhattan. So it's managed by two governors, governor of New Jersey, governor of New York, and it was never a good day um, at the port of New York, New Jersey, <laughs> because when you're engaging with millions and millions of commuters a day and bus terminals and problems, and, and so you really did sort of like get get sort of... I don't know, a thick skin for, for, you know, brash reporting and brash stories. And, you know, every time there was any sort of investigative reporting, it was really um, high level, major billion dollar projects. And, and so you have to get, you know, you when you cut your teeth on stuff like that, you, you sort of get very, get very Zen about it where you just, <laughs> we can, we can manage this. And so, um, and then after that, I, you know, I worked on secretary Hillary, Hillary Clinton's campaign in 2016. And when that ended, I was going to join a communications firm here. And a couple of people said, great, we'd love to have you run our communications. We'll give you a retainer. And God bless a friend of mine who said, you know, hey, you've always wanted to start your own business. And I was like, I, I have. And she's like, well, how many retainers do you need? And I was like, I don't know. How many <laughs> do you need? And, 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 you know, the thing is, is this was all happening in November, the same month that the election ended. So I just wasn't in the headspace. You know, I hadn't slept in a year and a half and was just getting back to my apartment in New York City. And then finally, somebody said, hey, we your name keeps coming up. We need somebody to run a nationwide bus tour for us um, on not repealing the Affordable Care Act. And I was like, oh, you you can hire my firm. And I just sort of said it and she goes, Oh, great. Send us your contract. Send us your contract. And I was like, absolutely. And then I was like, Google. How do I, yeah, yeah. yeah. How do I write a contract? And so, and then, you know, here we are today, you and I talking. And so I, it's, it's been great and I really do love what I do, uh, but it is, um, you know, it's a lot of work and it's a lot of interesting work. You know, and Anthony, you mentioned um, Port Authority of New York and New Jersey. You've also had clients like Airbnb, Bloomberg, you know, you, you, for people who are listening, I think you've you've illustrated this really fascinating point, which uh, you know everyone's thinking about: how do I get more customers? How do I get the important customers? And what I'm hearing from you is you have to be really good at your craft. It sounds like you are so good at what you do that you know a lot of us were like, yeah, I want to go start my business. You know, I want to grow my business, 
And then there's just crickets, you know, there's no one there mm-hmm. and you dig into it and you realize it's kind of like, um, you know, sometimes people come to me and they're like, Hey, I'm really struggling with my business. And you talk to them, like maybe they're like, uh, they're a cake baker and you look at one of their cakes and you're like, Ooh, that's terrible. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. You know, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, but yeah. you, you're making a really great illustration of, you know, you have refined your craft so well that it's like, yeah, I'm going to start a business. And then people are essentially knocking on your door saying, yes, I want to work with you. I want to hire you. Gosh, when you say it like that, it sounds great. Um, <laughs> Because it doesn't feel that way every day. I just want to be very clear to all the listeners. It definitely, it has elements of that. And I definitely agree with you. I, I I would say I've put a lot of work in, like so many people out there, regardless of what you do for a living. And, you know, it was a huge risk for me. It was a big vulnerability moment and it was a big like leap. And, and I, you know, I was super nervous that it wouldn't work. And there definitely have been moments where, you know, I've made colossal mistakes Um, but I really have just tried to deliver on, especially when you sort of do consultancy retainer based work, like we do. Um, I just want it to be, you know, I want us to deliver, deliver results because, you know, I've hired firms like the one I now run and, you know, I've hired them and it wasn't that they were bad, but it was just like, I was having to be involved so much and I was having to do stuff so much. And, and I just sort of thought I, I was like, aren't, aren't you here to make my life easier? Like, and by the way, that could change day by day by day. So like maybe my need, you know, so I, we try to be, we try to stick to our scope. Obviously we try to stick to the things that we promise, but we really try to be very, we, I use the phrase like white glove where we just, we want to be available. Like if you need us, we're here. It may not be exactly what we're supposed to be doing, but if you need a sounding board, we're happy to do that. And then obviously we focus on delivering the results that they hired us for, but it's a lot of, you know, like everybody, it's a lot of grinding it out every day. You know, and Anthony, I want to, I do want to get back to some of your insights in the public affairs world here in a second. But before we do that, something else, as I'm just listening to you, I'm just thinking of how many great insights are coming from this for our listeners. And I'm thinking about the agency owner out there, the business owner out there who maybe they're not selling a specific product, but they are selling a service, um, something like SEO work or web design or sure. uh, some kind of, and of course, you know, I'm in a COVID world, so I'm naming like digital services, <laughs> but, uh, even in-person services and their customers, it's kind of like you described, the customers are kind of like, man, this isn't really quite what I thought it was. Or for me personally, I was hiring a salesperson or uh, someone to help me with a sales page. And he sent me like a bunch of uh, sales examples and was like, go through all these and figure out which ones you like. And I was like, I don't care which one I like. I just want, you're the sales guy. You tell me which one is best for my business. Cause I don't have the time to dig into that. Point that I'm getting to is how, how it, what's the disconnect between people who they think they're really good at their craft. They think that they're offering something, um, special premium, uh, maybe even exclusive. And then you have you talk to their customers and they're like, this is, this is a little obnoxious. This is actually not quite what I envisioned. Uh, like what's the disconnect there in your mind? You know, I don't know. I think it's a good, it's a great question. And I mean, and I think one that really to your point of anybody who offers sort of similar services to what we've been talking about should really ask themselves. I know we, we try to, you know, I would like to believe that we're, you know, everybody's like, Oh, they're the best. And I, you know, I think we are, but I'm sure there's always like anybody, we can always improve. Um, I think, I think the thing is, is for me, I, I just try to, you know, have my, for lack of a better phrase, have my spidey sense up of like, 
they're not happy. Mm. Like they're not saying it, but something's not right. And so I, I just always try to check in because look, the bottom line is, especially when you hire a firm like ours, I think a lot of times you have an idea of the direction you want this team to go as the person who hired us. Um, and I think once we get going, you realize maybe it's not exactly right. Like it's not mm. wrong, but it's not just right. And so, you know, we're not afraid to sort of do like a three, six month check-in, which, you know, mm. feels early. Um, but we sort of do it through the lens of, Hey, look, does this scope still match for you? Is there stuff you want to take away? Like, is, are we doubling up on stuff? Is it in, so we're just constantly sort of having that conversation um, and being willing to sort of be flexible because I think sometimes just the people who hire people don't know until all of a sudden they've got them on retainer and they're like, oh, well, I don't, we don't need you to do that. Why are you doing that? <laughs> and like, you know, but they didn't know it in fairness. Like that's how business goes. Like you try something right. and you're like, yeah, this doesn't work. But for us, we're, we're okay sort of moving away from something quickly if we need to and sort of pivoting, you know, to use an overused word, but that's what we do. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> Not, I don't know if that answered your question. No, it does. And it's, it's, it's a great insight. I think that agility is great. And I think, I think a lot of times as business owners, you know, it's kind of like I was talking to someone the other day and they were going through some survey results with their customers. And I was like, what about that customer? And they're like, oh, that one's, a t we did terrible with them. We didn't want to get their survey. And I was like, well, that's, that's who you should be talking to. Right. And so I think that concept of feedback is really powerful. Um, moving back to your area of expertise, let's talk a little bit about some of the biggest, and this is, I guess, for the sake of content, keeping it as unpolitical as we can. <laughs> what are some of the biggest blunders that you see in, I mean, we live in a social media world uh, for people who are listening, who they're thinking about um, a lot of business owners today are on social media. They're realizing how important social media is. So they're putting content out there. More and more people are getting in front of the camera now and speaking to um, the void of whoever's going <laughs> to listen what what are some of the biggest blunders you see from people uh, that my listeners can hopefully avoid? I think uh, I I think what leads to the blunder, which is more the point, and <laughs> then I'll share some. I may try and think if I can think of some specific blunders. But what leads to the blunder is the lack of preparation, mm. and so people again, I you know I don't think people understand the the value in you as a business owner you as a communicator you as a leader you as a thought leader if you're gonna you know even even to talk to you today like you know i sort of like thought about it i sort of looked at what you did like i sort of, and i just I, I i didn't spend a ton of time but i thought about it a little and so mm -hmm. and i know you and i you know your style is very conversational so you know that could make me me as the person be very like yeah i'll just wing it you know but i don't my goal is to not wing it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think everyone's goal is to not wing it. I think the reality is everyone knows the feeling of when they're winging it. Um, and I, but they also know the times where they come out and they, you know, saw the ball fly over the park. You know, it's like they know it left the park. They know it did. You know when that happens. And so, and chances are it wasn't an accident. It didn't just happen. You probably put a lot of work in to make it leave the park. So when a blunder happens, which they happen un unimaginably, I, I can't imagine how, like, there's too many numbers in a day of how often <laughs> it happens, um, especially to your point of, because everyone is so uh, just in your face and out there and doing stuff. And I get it. It's, 
it's what we need to do. Um, and, you know, we certainly encourage people to do it too, um, is to be on those platforms. But I think, I think the blunder is, is just being, you know, too casual about what you're saying and thinking that it's going to be very lighthearted. But, you know, I think there's example after example, they're extreme, but, you know, if you go to, um, God, I can't remember her name if I can think of it, but it was, there's a New York Times story about a young woman who worked for, I believe it was a PR company or marketing company, but I'm fairly certain a PR company. This is probably five or eight years old now. Um, and she was getting on a flight in New York City to fly to Africa. She tweeted out something to the tune of, and just she was being flip. Um, shouldn't have said it. Uh, but she said something to the tune of, headed to Africa... Hope I don't get AIDS. Just kidding. I'm white. Phone off on the plane. The internet blew up to the tune where globally she was trending. Hashtags. God, I can't believe I can't remember this. (laughs) She landed to losing her job. Jeez. And a series of other things. Now, there's also follow-up New York Times articles about how those things, is that too extreme? You know, are we, and that's just a part where we are, right? Like, I think everybody talks about cancel culture. I think everybody's talking, you know, trying to figure out the right sort of, you know, how do we hold people accountable? Because I think we should think about that. And how do we hold leaders, individuals, thought leaders, you know, how do even individuals hold each other accountable? Like, that's good, how we hold people accountable. That's positive. Um, But in how do we find the right balance of holding people accountable. And if it's, you know, some sort of call out or, or, or sort of more direct kind of uh, effort by a group or person, uh, you know, calling someone out, so to speak, uh, is there a path for redemption? You know, is there due process so that, you know, and I, and so that's like a bigger thing, but so when you talk about what a blunder could lead to, you know, this is, I mean, no offense to the young woman, she was, uh, she just wasn't a known person. This is just a, this is like you and me tweeting. No one knows who I am. Yeah. Um, and so like, but you know, if it catches just right, yeah, then that's where it turns in. So, so my point is the blunders can be, you have to take a beat because, because we're putting so much stuff out there, the blunders happen from not pausing and like, did you prepare? Did you not prepare, et cetera. So yeah, there, there definitely feels like there's this level of um, comfortability not just what we tweet out, but getting too comfortable. Um, and then on the, fl- on the flip side, I had a friend of mine who we went to a, uh, it was like a PR event and it was on um, basically what you're talking about, not saying things like that. And afterwards I was like, what did you think about it? And she was like, you know, I just try not to be an awful person. And that seems to work really well for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so the other, there's this other part of it. It's like, well, that person, I don't know what PR could have saved that person. But um, again, I don't know the person not to say they're an awful person, but I don't know. But yeah, um, example. Yeah, I'm sure they're a fine extreme. person, but you know. Yeah, and that example is extreme, though, right? Yeah. So you know, I don't think that's going to. Well, God willing, that doesn't happen to everybody. But to your friend's point, your friend is exactly right. Just think about <laughs> what you're putting out there. The same yeah. way that you wouldn't sort of be like, I don't know, if you if you if you don't feel comfortable with it being published on the cover of you know the Post, the Journal, the Times, then don't tweet it. <laughs> don't. Well, it's, it's not really a new concept when we think about it because no. we kids, yeah, when we were kids, you know, our parents would say, hey, if you don't want everyone seeing you do it, then maybe you shouldn't do it. I mean, 
So it's kind of funny how this comes back full circle, I guess. Yes. Um, I do want to ask you when it comes to, um, and not so much content creation, but just just getting getting perspectives out there, being a thought leader. Well, more importantly, uh, you know, it feels like today's world, everyone is an expert in politics. Everyone's an expert in whatever bill is getting is getting <laughs> is getting tried to be passed. Um, you mentioned earlier about having thick skin, and um, it, it feels like today's world, people are so abrasive. And they're so quick to say, yeah. you know, it's you, you rarely see, um, for example, on the Facebook comment, that's such a great thought. Here's what I think. You know, usually it's, um, you know, I saw a video of a roundabout that's getting created in some city and all the comments were like, this is so stupid. You know, what idiot thought of this? Like people are very, they're very um, intense in their response. So I'm curious how, how have you developed thick skin or more importantly, how can my listeners develop that same thick skin? Because um, me and my fellow business owners, we're a bit fragile sometimes. I mean, it is a hard <laughs> game. And so trying to be that thought leader, trying to have that, that active social media presence, um, it can be a little intimidating in today's culture. Yeah, no, I, it's a great question. And I think, um, you know, look, you can't put yourself out there and be upset if people don't like it. Just because someone doesn't like it or says, you know, just what are very flip and unhelpful comments doesn't mean you necessarily need to change course, right? Because I do, you know, look, look, we've worked with, uh, we'll remain unnamed, but we've worked with a fairly, fairly noticeable CEO. Um, and, and this person was, so tuned in to every tweet, mm. to every comment. And I just am like, if they're not talking about you, you're not doing it right. Like, I don't like you got to you got to find your balance with that. That doesn't mean you should not listen. That doesn't mean you shouldn't hear negative comments, because, you know, I think that you have to be able to hear it to understand if there's really a moment for you to change or there's something you should change. And then, you know, you got to brush the rest off your shoulder. But I think that you can't be out in the universe. You can't want to be a thought leader. You can't want to be a business owner who's engaging on social media or, you know, going on the news or even doing stuff like this, you know, like you can't want to do that and not be okay when someone's like, I disagree with you, you know, and, and that's polite, right? To your point. If but, only people said that. Yeah. <laughs> I think it says, you know, listen, I to go back to sort of the, the analogy of your friend and just, you know, I just try to be a nice person. I I think that says more about them than it does you. Hmm. You know, if they need to if they need to comment that, you know, it's one thing if it's something you should hear, you know, just because you don't like it and just because it makes you uncomfortable doesn't mean you shouldn't hear it and consider it. But you also can't consider every comment, every tweet, everything. And if you are, then why are you doing this? Because you're never going to make everybody happy. Let me just, in case you think you can, you cannot. So like, that's the thing is you can't jump into this kind of stuff. You can't be a leader. You can't be a business owner. You can't be any of these things. If you can't stomach some of that, it doesn't mean it feels great, but you have to know, like, you, you know, you can't get so, you can't buy your own 
stuff or drink your own Kool-Aid to the point where you think it's all that matters. Like yeah, sometimes yeah. we like to all believe we all are the only thing that matters. You know, everybody else is worrying about getting their kids to school and like trying to do things and like, you know, it's not a thing. They're not really thinking about it. They're just like, this sucks. Pose. Yeah. <laughs> and then they leave. They don't even think about you again. They're not thinking about you again. It's over. Right. 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 Well, why are, you, why are you obsessing about it? Right. It's such great advice. And it, it almost feels like your ability to move past those comments is directly tied to how passionate you are about the work that you're doing. I mean, I'm assuming that's what wakes you up every day um, in spite of really negative noise. And so my last question to you, Anthony, would be, uh, what does keep you motivated? You know, why do you get up and do what you do every day? Um, You're obviously very passionate about your area of expertise. You're obviously very gifted in it. Um, I'd love to hear a little bit about your why. Yeah, I there's this very interesting thing that happens that we get to it's a very unique moment um especially for bigger stuff that we work on you know bigger you know global kind of like announcements or you know a, for instance a presidential or all these different things it's there's this great moment where you know we know something no one else knows <laughs> and then we know pretty soon everyone's going to be talking about it and that's pretty cool to me like i sort of love that like feeling and being able to be a part of that and to be able to, you know, when we are a part of stuff like that, we're helping bring an idea and a vision to life. Um, and, and that just, that's great. I, I, I love it. I love getting to do it. I love whether it's a big company, a small company, I love problem solving. Um, and I love talking to people and really sort of figuring out how to, how to, I don't know, make them, make them do all the things they want to do. I, Cause I think we deliver a lot of good in the world when we can help other people do their good kind of thing. Yeah. And it's almost like we're, we know what we have to offer, but we almost have to get out of our own way uh, and have people like yourself who can help us navigate it in a healthy way. Um, yeah. Anthony, this has been fantastic. I've loved having you on the show today Thanks. for people who are listening. Um, people who want to, first of all, they want to follow you. They want to learn more about you and just stay, stay connected to you, but also people who maybe want to work with you. What does it look like moving forward? Sure. Uh, well, the easy thing is LinkedIn. Um, that's really the primary platform that I'm on. So LinkedIn, Anthony J. Hayes. Uh, and then if anybody wants to reach out, brainstorm, talk, like we love it. And we'll really sort of have coffee, talk to anybody, but you can just email me, anthony at hayesinitiative.com. Great. Anthony, thanks for coming on today. I appreciate it. This is awesome. Thanks so much. Hey, for our listeners, I'm going to put the link to Anthony's LinkedIn bio. It's going to be down in the episode description below. I'm also going to put his website down in the episode description below. Uh, I'm not going to put his email, so you just have to backtrack about 15 seconds, only because I don't want him getting spammed by tons of different people who um, just crawl the website. Uh, so uh, website, LinkedIn, and the email, you can all check all that out. Um, also, hey, if you enjoyed this episode, what the heck are you waiting on? Click that subscribe button, click that follow button so you can keep getting good advice wherever you're at. And don't forget, we're on Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash good advice if you want to support the podcast, or if you want to sponsor your business on the podcast, again, that's patreon.com slash good advice. Hey, we love giving you good advice. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you later. See ya.